Living a great life is something that we all aspire to, but it can often feel like such a distant goal. Whether it's pursuing your passions, building strong relationships, or finding purpose and meaning, we are often left searching for strategies to live a great life. Today, I'm joined by Jeff Lovell, who is here to give expert advice on how you can cultivate the right mindset, build the right habits, and access the right tools that can help you transform your life. Jeff wants you to unlock the authentic life you love, both at work and at home, and he's going to give you four key essential elements that you can implement right now so you can do exactly that. My conversation with Jeff Lovell starts right now. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Hello, my friend. Welcome to this episode of the Dads Making a Difference podcast. My name is Cam. I'm your host and founder of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. This podcast is dedicated to you. This podcast is dedicated to challenging you, challenging you to grow, challenging you to push yourself beyond your comfort zone so that you can become a dad making a difference, a dad making a difference in his family, making a difference in your business or in your work and in the community around you. And that means to be challenged. And I have to admit to you, I was challenged through this conversation that you're going to hear today. I was challenged by my guest, a guest who I respect, a guest who I really enjoyed our conversation. But you'll hear in this conversation, there's a couple of times that I was like, oh, wait a second, you just called me out. And I needed that. My guest today is Jeff Lovell. And Jeff is an executive coach. He is a leadership coach for creative executives and founders. And Jeff specializes in helping leaders, business owners, founders, employees live the authentic life that they want, both at work and at home. I know there's times where I've questioned myself saying, I'm really good at work, but am I bringing my best when I'm at home with my family? Or vice versa, I'm really good at home with my wife and my kids, but am I bringing the best to the people that I work with? And I want to do both. And I know you want to do both because when we are able to do both, it challenges us to step into a leadership role in which we can have more impact. More impact means making a difference. More impact means creating influence. Creating influence means leaving a legacy. This conversation today with Jeff Lovell is going to help you create a legacy. He wants to give you four key elements that you need to be aware of to live an authentic life. I'm excited for you to dive into this conversation. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Jeff Lovell. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, brother. It's great to have you on today. It's great to be with you, Cam. Appreciate being with you and your listeners today. Yeah, thank, thanks for being here, Jeff. You have this amazing project you're working on right now, the Great Life Project. I'm going to dive right to that because that's one of the main reasons that I knew it was so important to have you on today because so much of what you share and what you talk about uh, impacts me. 
uh, personally, and I may share some of that on, on our conversation today, but I've just, you know, diving into your work and seeing some of the conversations you've had with people who I trust, uh, who have been guests on this podcast before. Uh, I'm just really excited about our conversation. I knew I had to have you on. So again, thanks for taking time at the end of a busy week to be here. Yeah, likewise. Uh, Jeff, it's always helpful for, you know, the guys listening to this right now to be able to paint a picture of our guests before they get into like the meat and potatoes of what they do. Cause a lot of times guests come on here and they're doing amazing things, just like you are with the great life project. And a lot of the questions are, Hey, how, how did they get there? Because there's guys listening to this right now who have a vision or a purpose or something they're feeling called to do. They haven't taken a step out to do it yet. And they're curious, like, how did someone else get to where they are? And what are the steps I need to take? So Jeff, why don't you start by sharing a little bit of your story, uh, your background, what it was like growing up for you and how you got to where you are today with the Great Life Project. Sure. You know, like a lot of us, I'm a lot of things. So, you know, it'd be easy to jump in and start talking about the Great Life Project, but that that is not the biggest part of who I am. You know, it is a part of who I am and, and part of how I show up in the world each day. But, you know, I'm a husband, been married for 25 years celebrating that that feels like a big milestone um congratulations and and because we're talking to other married people we jokingly say we've been happily married for most of those but not all of those (laughs) (laughs) it's real life along the way do you say that with your wife present or yes it's our it's our collaborative joke so uh, that's good that's good. okay and then uh i have two teenage daughters i'm a dad of two girls uh one is in college now and one is a junior in high school and uh, that is a highlight of my life. I'm a friend. I'm a community member. You know, uh, there's a lot going on in my life. And then I spend my days also uh, as a coach to executive leaders, specifically people with a lot of times in the the creative world with advertising, branding, marketing kind of stuff. That's amazing. And so you're coaching, but you haven't always been coaching. No, so, uh, before that, I was spent 25 years as a pastor in various uh, various degrees. Uh, you know, I was a student ministries pastor. I started a couple of churches. I uh, was a lead pastor most recently as well. And, you know, and before that, even, you know, I, I grew up in, in farm country of central Indiana. You know, it's a long journey from a farm field to, to what I'm doing today, coaching executive leaders. But, uh, you know, it's been uh, just one step at a time along the way, discovering more and more of who I am. And um, I'm sure you're going to ask me next how I, I got from being a pastor to where I am today. You're reading my mind because I'm I'm curious and it's not, you know, I've talked to guys on here before who have started off as a pastor and now I've moved on to something else. And it's not because they didn't like or love or feel called to be a pastor. It's just that they felt called to do more, do something different, impact and serve in a different way. So yes, what took you from, you know, being a pastor in those various roles for the 25 years to doing what you're doing now? Yeah. Someone recently asked me, you know, what was it like not being in ministry anymore? And that's just not even my perspective. Uh, I don't feel like I moved from something. I felt more like I moved to something. It was more of the the next version of of who I am, you know, a deeper sense of, of who I've always been in some ways. Uh, when I look back, someone said, how did you get into coaching? I, I said, probably the true version as I reflect on that is coaching has always been in me. And so it finally is coming out in its fullest expression. I think, you know, even middle school, high school version of Jeff, part of how I go about my way in the world is, is drawing things out of other people. And it's not just what I can get done in a day, but what can I help others accomplish as well? And, you know, that was a weird kind of way to be in high school, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you know, then as a pastor, you know, that was even my way of, of leading and, and pastoring and, you know, creating 
you know, leadership development things for our city, uh, working with my team and other executive leaders, you know, and so over time, I found myself coaching more and more people. It was turned into a side gig that all of a sudden became an opportunity to step into it more fully over the last few years. There was no leap for me. Uh, I did not take a one day, just wake up and say, I'm going to be a coach now. Okay. It was slow and steady. There was just this growing opportunity that finally uh, reached a point of let, let's step into that. So Something that seemed natural to, to yeah. do. In, it, in, I, it was natural, but it was still scary. Like it was still a change, right? Uh, Stepping away from a world that I had 25 years of experience and credibility in into a world that I had some credibility in, but um, was still a new role. So as you, it is scary. I I can only imagine that. Like, well, I do know how scary that is, you know, given my current situation, but what did you learn about yourself? Well, it's, it was scary, but I'm the kind of guy, it was scarier not to. Like, I didn't want to look back and say, oh, I had this opportunity and and didn't take it. You know, I'm the kind of guy who I wake up in the morning thinking about what's possible. I'm, I'm a, if there's one thing that kind of defines me, it's, it's, I like to awaken possibility in other people, you know, for yourself, for your family, what's possible for your team, your business, your community. And so I think what I've learned about myself as I've stepped into this coaching thing is it was the right move. Like, it hasn't been easy. I'm not going to pretend that like, but it was, it's been the right move. It's not always been, you know, it's not the immediate financial gain that I hope it would be, but, uh, but it's been, but the track is there, right. Things are moving in the right direction and things are healthy. Um, so it was worth the risk. Um, I'm glad I did it. And I know when I get done with a coaching call, which I do a lot more of these days, like that's me at my best. Yeah. Excellent. I love that. I love that you acknowledge that it was scary. You acknowledge that it's not easy, but it was the right thing to do. And I think my next question would be, you know, in that transition period, when you move from being a pastor into the coaching full-time, like you said, you had always been coaching, but when you decided to say, this is what I'm going to do full-time, was it scariest to like stop being the pastor and acknowledge you're doing this full-time or was it the scariest to like, once you got into a full-time, you're scared to be like, oh, wait, I can't go back. Like, well, what was it for you or tying it into maybe what our listeners are thinking right now? What is it for people when they make a change that's the scariest? Is it the act of making the change or after they realize that, oh, I just did that? That's a great question. It's a fascinating question. I think, I think for me, even part of the work I do with the Great Life Project is helping people arrive at this place of clarity about who they are Mm. that then precedes the next activity a lot of times people are trying to make all the changes do all these things out there and you know i'll change jobs so i can figure out who i am and get happy with myself i had enough sense of clarity about who i am and how i show up for people and what it is i can do that it wasn't scary to step into a coaching role it was scary to know like okay we've got to make you know make sure the financial runway is there and some of those the logistics were scary for me but the who i am i i didn't feel like i was leaving a part of me behind as a pastor or something yeah i i love that you used the word clarity there because yeah. you know we're at a time right now i'm i'm hearing i'm sure you are in your coaching roles but i'm hearing from people a mm-hmm. lot oh, I, I don't feel like i'm doing what i'm called to do i don't feel like i'm doing what i'm supposed to i'm good at it but i don't feel like this is what i'm supposed to do um yeah. In full transparency, this is some a conversation that I've been having with my wife lately. It's like, Kim, I, 
you know, I'm called to do more. Like I'm a, I'm an educator, you know, this, we've had this conversation, done that for 17 years, but sometimes you just start to question, like, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing And clarity or a lack of clarity is holding people back from what I love you say, living a great life. Um, Why, why aren't people more clear on what it takes to live a great life? Yeah. Well, I think you're, you're onto something and there's been a lot of research in the last 20 years about regrets and, you know, Dan, Daniel Pink has a big book out right now about regret. Uh, Bronnie Ware had that did some research and wrote about the top five regrets of the dying. And the number one regret that comes up over and over again, no matter what vein of research you, you look at is people look back at the end of their life and say, I regret that I didn't live a life more true to myself. You know, I live somebody else's version of my story. And, you know, we all take on those false versions of our story. And that comes from, you know, our upbringing from, you know, family expectations or lifestyle expectations or whatever it is. And, you know, we kind of live into those, these false versions of ourselves. And so I think one reason people are missing it is just because we're living from the outside in, mm. right? We're, we're, we're receiving so true. Letting everything out there tell us what a great life is about, rather than again to use the, the word clarity, getting clear on the inside about what will make my life great. Yeah, and how you define what a great life is yourself. And yeah. you you mentioned that you help people get to the point where they're starting to see and gain this clarity so that they can live a life you said called to purpose, um, to fulfill their yeah. life so they don't feel like they're living with regrets. Um you have in within the great life project you have these these four essential elements and uh, you call them four essential elements correct i yes. didn't want to mess that up yeah. And, yeah you got it you got it yeah and you walk people through these four elements and each one is super important so i want to touch on all four okay. but you know there are some in here that based on what you just said about being true to yourself and having a clear vision about what you believe your your life is to be and living inside out as opposed to outside in. I think uh, there's a couple in here that lean more towards that, but why don't you dive in? How do you, you're on a mission to help people live an authentic life, a great life. Where do you start? Yeah. Well, first of all, let's define a great life, right? How do we define a great life? And you're right. It's true that everybody kind of has their own definition of that, but I've spent 20 years asking that question and looking for the common threads and there are things that show up again and again. So I don't think I made up these essential elements. I think I discovered what's always been there, right? They, these elements already exist, and I'm just naming them and telling people these are the things you need to collect along the way, right? So, so the four essential elements that we talk about in the Great Life Project are authentic purpose, meaningful relationships, uh, life-giving practices, and lasting contribution. And we can unpack each of those or one of those more than the other if you want. Yeah. Well, let's talk about authentic purpose. Yeah. Uh, because in authentic purpose, you know, looking at, you know, some of your work and some of uh, the content that you've put out, you talk about moving from searching for meaning, which yeah. I feel so many people are in this point right now. We're coming out of a time in the last three years. So many people are searching for meaning right now yeah. and going from that searching for meaning to living courageously with purpose. I heard you say that in a video that you had, and I made a note of it and I'm reading it like hopefully word for word right here, that living courageously with purpose. I was like, that hit me. I have it highlighted. What does it look like to live courageously? Yeah. Let me 
That's a great question. And I want to answer it. And let me back up half a step to get you there. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Like if I, if I just charge into it, it may not make sense. Absolutely. Uh, but it's this, this thing that we have all experienced at some point in time. If you haven't experienced it, you haven't lived very long. You're, you're still a five-year-old, right? So if your listeners are older than five years old, they've had this moment where you ask yourself, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. <laughs> where is this all going? You lay awake at 2 a.m. and say, I, you know, what's the point? Yeah. Um, and that's just, there's, there's a normal thing there. And, and that's okay. Um, and for a lot of people, then what happens is, is they go searching for purpose. Mm. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking for purpose. And so we start looking for it in all kinds of places. We look for it in our relationships. If you ever know somebody who's gotten married, trying to make their life better, right? Or they need their next relationship to make their life better, or they, they take a new job and that's going to solve their problem, or they move across the country, or, you know, there's a thousand things that people do to, they change their activity, mm. trying to find purpose. And the whole aha here is that you don't, the purpose isn't out there waiting to be found. Uh, purpose is something you already possess. And so to live courageously with purpose is to, to recognize what you already have, to recognize what's already been given to you. And that you don't, you become not just a searcher of purpose, you become a bringer of purpose. So I bring purpose to my relationships. I bring purpose to my work. I bring purpose to my community. I bring purpose to my family. I'm not receiving, I'm bringing. And that takes courage. I have to show up as the best version of me on a consistent basis. Well, Jeff, thanks for coming today. We're just going to take that clip and all you need to know, no, I'm kidding. Like that is so good. Yeah. Bring Transformational. <laughs> I haven't, I, I get it. And, and it, like when you say it, I'm like, oh yes, of course. But I've never heard it said like that. Instead of looking for purpose and searching for purpose, which I believe so many of us do, like bringing purpose, man, that does take courage because it yes. takes courage to like step out a little bit and say, this is what I, this is where I'm at. This is who I am. This is where I'm yeah. going. And you guide people in doing that. Is that, that right? That's part of the process that you have is you help people yeah. get in tune with, you know, out from the inside out. I love it. It's so good. Um, yeah. Yeah, through a, a coaching and training process, I help people. Here, here's what people don't like about coaching, <laughs> the kind of coaching I do, is the another part of the courageous thing is that you actually have to slow down. Mm. There's no fast answer here. Uh, part of my job, I, I work with people who are moving fast and making things happen, and they are successful in a lot of right ways. But they're maybe not successful at knowing themselves on the inside. So understanding what you bring to the world, you know, understanding your story, the high points, the low points. I think your low points of your story are just as impactful to the purpose you bring to the world as the high points. Um, you know, the understanding kind of your voice, your passion, the things you you care about, your superpowers, your, your weaknesses, un, slowing down long enough, taking that courageous inner journey to understand that part of who you are then let you step back into the world in a powerful and meaningful way. Do you find that when you're having that conversation with the people you're working with, that it's easier for them to identify the low points or the high points? Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment and talk about our community of DMD brothers in the DMD mastermind. We are men who help each other to stay focused and intentional in our pursuits of personal, professional, physical, financial, emotional, and spiritual growth. 
We are a community of men who bring courage, wisdom, and transparency to unfiltered conversations that challenge us to be more impactful men, to be dads making a difference. We do this through our online and in-person events where men come together to speak into each other's lives and then turn around and do the deep work to create change in their families, in their businesses, and in the community around them. If you are wondering if this community might be right for you, you can find more information on the DMD Mastermind, and you can also book a call directly with me at dmdmastermind.com. Now, let's get back to our show. That's a good question. It, it really depends on the leader. Uh, some people really are high on their successes. Hmm, okay. <laughs> you yeah. know, there's some arrogant people out there. They know how awesome they are. Yeah. And and we're also looking for some humility, right? Uh, but there are also people who like, uh, they know the painful points and they're kind of trapped and held back by what they feel like are their own limitations. And so we don't want to just be, you know, humble. We also want to be secure and confident in understanding what it is we bring. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I'll give you the root of that thought and why I asked you that. Yeah. You know, we're committed to growth here. And to grow, you need to struggle. You know, growing's not yeah. easy. Every time you think of growing pains, you think of these things. And when guys say, Yeah, I really want to grow, but they don't want to go through anything that's going to be hard, they're really not going to grow in the way that they they imagine or that they hope that they will. Yeah. But at the same time, I've also noticed that people. Maybe it's just a, you know, a recent thing, three years, two years, three years in coaching conversations, guys will focus on the negatives quite a bit, the things they yeah. don't have, the things they've missed out on, the things that have been taken from them as opposed to their yeah. successes. Yeah. And they'll look at those as barriers, as opposed to like the ignition in the thing that is pushing them forward. Hey, I experienced this and it made me stronger to move to this point. Yeah. And that's why I asked, because I'm just curious if people are dwelling or if when you really want to live authentically and bring being authentic and like bring that authenticity, you have to acknowledge the lows and the highs, but probably yeah. through a different perspective. Yeah. Both things are true. We usually actually, one of the first exercises I do with clients is we actually talk about your biggest wins. Like mm -hmm. we want to capture like, because a lot of people are coming in, you know, because there's a struggle, right? right? And they kind of feel stuck in a place. So we want to make sure we recognize some of the best yeah. stuff that you've accomplished. And the other thing that's true about a great life is great lives aren't perfect lives. Great lives have the margin and the ability to embrace the hard parts and the hardship and the pain along the way. They know how to bring community around those things. They know how to, you know, we're not defined by those things. We're not a victim of those things. So... Yeah, you've used a phrase that I found really interesting, and I want to ask you about it. You use the <laughs> phrase, let your life speak. Now, you may have already answered that, and I haven't put two and two together, but let your life speak. What does that mean? Yeah, it's similar to that idea of that purpose isn't out there waiting to be found. It's something we already possess. You know, that a lot of time, this idea, actually, I first heard this, this phrase in a book called Let Your Life Speak. It's written by Parker Palmer. Um, it's a fascinating little tiny book uh, about vocation. But the idea is that a lot of people are busy trying to tell their lives what they want to do with it versus slowing down long enough to let their lives tell them what's already happening. You know, there yeah. to go back to like the week, the highs and lows of your story, a lot of people want to breeze over those low points and 
not embrace them and not carry them forward, just kind of leave them in the dust. But man, those things have formed you. They've made you who you are. I have a good friend whose house burned down when he was 10. And it is a low point. And he would like to never talk about it again. But it has formed him. And now for for a long part of his career, he has led a disaster relief organization. Right. Like that that part of his story was so formative to him. And that it, you know, it, it we find a purpose in those places when we look at what our life is already doing. Yeah. Incredible. Um I know there's four essential elements, but I, I don't know if they're set up this way. This is how my brain interpreted them. It, this is just the way I go that, you know, you have the four, but I saw authentic purpose. And in my brain, I just like, well, yes, meaningful relationships, life-giving practices and lasting contribution, but you can't do those three things unless you're living authentically. And right. so I'm going to ask and kind of put you on the spot right now for the men who are listening to this. What is a step they can implement? I'm not saying it's easy. Like you've already said, this is a hard process, but where do you begin if you feel stuck right now or you're feeling Mm -hmm. you're questioning yourself and you're not feeling that you're being true to who you are called to be or living authentically and bringing authenticity? Where do you start? What is something you can do or implement? Great question. When we're looking for purpose, again, I'm going to give you a do not do and then a do do. That's that's helpful. That's in true okay. parent style. Yeah, no, yeah. That's good. yeah. So don't do this, right? Don't run around trying to change a bunch of stuff, right? Because yeah. you don't need to change your job today. Um, you know, your job may ultimately need to change, but so many people have quit a job in the last three years thinking that their life was going to be better on the other side of it. And two thirds of those people want their old job back now, <laughs> right? And so don't try to change a bunch of stuff out there. The best thing you can do, and I know this is for every man listening to this, I've sat across from guys like you, and I know you're going to hate these next words out of my mouth. Just stop. Like, honestly, just, just, what if you took an hour? What if you took five minutes and just paused and let yourself arrive in a place and just be there and notice what's happening in you? Like, and just start to realize and just, get clear on what's happening in you first. And I, that's not a counselor answer. I'm not, I I don't do counseling. Um, We're moving so fast that we're so hurried that we, we we're hurrying through life and we're missing all the stuff. Jeff, I'm writing that down. I have my pencil right here and I'm writing big letters on this post that stop because my wife listens to this podcast and she'll give me feedback stuff. And she's going to hear you say that. She's going to come in. She's going to look at me big eyed in my office and be like, uh, he said, stop. You need to slow down. You yeah. need to like listen to this advice. And guys, if you're listening to this, I'm going to be honest, transparent, and a little bit vulnerable here. This is something I need to do. This is what I struggle with. And Jeff, you just hit it right, right. The nail right on the head right there. I'm like, oh man. I, th- I, th- I think I need to do that. <laughs> I think yeah. I need to well, slow well, and down. Here's stop. why. And I know it sounds like kind of, I don't know, I think it's good advice, but here's why. I I live in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm. If I want to go to Chicago, Illinois, I need to be drive 300 miles southeast. But here's the thing. If I'm already moving 500 miles an hour north, <laughs> like I'm just heading in the wrong direction. And, and right. if you don't even know what direction you're heading, you're just, you're just keep moving, but you're moving in the wrong direction. That's why I'm telling you to stop. Just stop and realize where it is you are. Are you headed in the direction you want to be going? Are you, is this train moving in the right direction? Or are you just staying busy and you just keep moving? 
Excellent. 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 So there you go, guys. Stop. And now you know why. Let's let's dive into meaningful relationships because sure. there's these three other central uh, essential elements that you have, and I think they're all really important. So describe meaningful relationships because we've heard that on we've had guests on talk about relationships and intimacy sure. and marriage and friendship, all that type of stuff. But when you look at meaningful relationships, what do you mean? Primarily, I mean that you are showing up at your best for the people who matter the most to you, and you're doing it consistently. Mm. Um, for example. Uh, a client of mine named Greg uh, was awesome at work. <laughs> he, he, everybody wanted him on their team. Like he's the winner. He's getting stuff done, but work never stopped. You know, at 6 a.m. on Saturday, at 6 p.m. on Saturday, on Sunday afternoon. It's not that he's not home. It's just that he's always on his phone. And here was the thing that happened for Greg. Uh, his kids stopped asking him to play Legos, <laughs> right? Like, because when he was in the room, he wasn't in the room. And so like yeah. one day, all of a sudden they just stopped asking and he finally realized, Oh wait, something went wrong here. And it's because even when he was there, he wasn't there. So there's gotta be a better way, right? Like I want my kids to want to come home after they leave home. <laughs> you know, I want them to uh, talk to me when they're 35. I want to have a relationship with them, but that starts by I'm present in their world today. Yeah. And that, that's the, the same is true with our spouse, with our with our friendships, you know, this isn't just about your kids. These are about them. Whoever the most important relationships are in your life. Are they, are you showing up as the best version of you or do they get the leftover version of you? Yeah. And we've said that before on here. It's just like a lot of guys will say, cause guys are listening to this. Maybe they're entrepreneurs, yeah. maybe they're business owners, maybe they have a job and yeah, but they're sure. really committed to it. And their why they'll say, Oh, it's for my wife. It's for my kids. It's for my family. It's for opportunity. It's mobility. It's financial stability. They give all these reasons. But when they have the time where they're with their family, they're working on the business. Yeah. I said, well, this is not in alignment with what you said your filter was. And so I'm guessing your client got the stop conversation. <laughs> and, and so, and, you know, start being, being present and being in the moment, um, yeah. showing up for the people who matter most. I love that. That's yeah. really good. A um, few steps for taking action to be present. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It, I would again, I, I kind of have these counterintuitive approaches, right? Uh, it's because if it was intuitive, it. we would, we would be doing it. Everybody would doing these things if it was intuitive. Yeah. So again, start with yourself. Mm -hmm. The most, the best thing you can do for your relationships is start with you because you can't pour from an empty cup. So if you're just dragging your butt in <laughs> late at night and you're exhausted, um, you have nothing left to give to your, to your spouse, to your partner, to your, your kids. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing, um, I would say is, is step out of your world and into their world. Mm. And I think we get what that means, but again, Greg is a good example just because he's in the world. He's, he's, in, he's in their place, but he's still in his world, you know, leave your world behind and enter their space. Um, I actually have a, a park that's about two blocks from my house. And I, these days I work from home, but, uh, several years ago when I, wasn't working from home and my kids were younger, I would actually like stop my car at the park for just a moment. <laughs> like literally I would, I would like pull over to the side of the road, pause there for 30 seconds. And like, this is my transition. This is where I'm leaving my world and I'm entering their world. So I'm not carrying all that stuff in with me at the end of the day. Yeah. And a, a final tip would just be, sometimes you just got to back up and apologize. Sometimes you just need to say, you know what? I've blown it. <laughs> and I want to, I want to redo here. 
don't make a bunch of promises. Don't say, you know, from this day forward, I promise I'm always going to play Legos because you're going to break that promise. So don't be that guy, but just, just back up and apologize and step back into that world. I love it. And I think those tips lead in very nicely to this third element of life giving practices. You know, you yeah. share that. these really do overflow into each other. So yeah, they, and yeah. they do. So uh, life giving practices, you've, you said moving from being spread too thin to living with peace. Yeah. There's no one listening to this right now who doesn't want to live with peace. Come on. Like if you're listening to this right now, there's you want to sleep good at night. You want to sleep good at night. You want to feel good with what you're doing. And I think about that and I think about, well, if I'm living authentically, if I'm bringing authenticity, if I have meaningful relationships, this is all leading into living with peace. Yes. Um, How do you get to the point where you're, you have these life giving practices? These really do begin to overlap with each other so much. There's not yeah, right. hard to segment them out. When I'm clear on who I am, mm-hmm. and what I bring to the world, I am no longer scurrying around constantly trying to earn my way, trying to earn approval, trying to earn, you know, have something to prove. Um, and it lets me, it really does slow what's happened. Not just my calendar is full. I've had a very full week, right? Yeah. But I'm not in a hurry. Mm. And those are two different things. It's one thing to be busy and it's another thing to be always in a hurry, kind of catch up with yourself. So part of, you know, life giving practices is, is because I'm clear on what I'm doing during the week. I also know what I don't need to do during the week. I'm not, there's a bunch I, I I can say more healthy no's. I'm prioritizing my relationships in my world. You know, they're getting them. I say no to a lot of other good things so that I could say yes to the best thing, right. Of my family. And so when we know ourselves well enough uh, and understand our own tendencies, you know, we, we don't have, you know, here's a good example. I, um, person I was coaching, he was, a he started this company, he grew it really fast and he was really good at micromanaging everybody. (laughs) And so because he was a micromanager, he never got away. Like he, he wouldn't take vacation or if he'd go on vacation, he wasn't on vacation or he was always checking on that thing. So, so part of the life giving practices is just recognizing my own tendencies, recognizing what it is about me that is getting in the way of the life I want. So learning for him, a good example would be learning to stop micromanaging, how to delegate effectively, how to raise up a team so that when he was on vacation, he could finally relax and enjoy the life he'd created for himself. That's excellent. Not many people know themselves very well. We don't, we True. don't know ourselves very well. That takes some work yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and to put the work into getting to know yourself to yeah. get to that point. Yeah. Um, you talk about lasting contribution. You know, we are, well, I say we, as in our mastermind is called Dad's <laughs> yeah. Making a Difference. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. this is the Dad's Making a Difference podcast because we are men who are driven to make a difference. And when I say make a difference, I mean, a lot of the guys in our mastermind are guys who have businesses that serve other men. Uh, help them make a difference. We say making a difference in your family, in your business, in in your community. You want to leave a legacy, right. right? And so this lasting contribution. When I saw this, I'm like, yeah, this is like right into it. You talk about building something meaningful. How you can't build something meaningful unless you're doing. You said they all roll into each other and they flow into each other and they really do. Why are we stuck when it comes to building something meaningful? A lot of people say, I want to do this, and then they don't. Yeah. They have the vision, and then they don't. Well, I think there's two things that come into play there. Uh, The first thing is that at some point, a great life is no longer about itself, 
right? That's what makes a life great is not about me anymore. This is about what am I, what is the fruit that I'm bearing for other people? How does my life give itself away? Um, you know, from a spiritual perspective, it's, you know, you, you gain your life when you lose it. Um, and that's, that's the kind of life I want to live. I, I want to, at the end of my life, I want to know that I fully spent my life in, in the best way possible. And so, so that's the first thing is, I think some people hear great life project and they, you know, they think about how do I get more vacation time or how do I, you know, buy a better car or what, I don't even know what the things are that people do, but um, that's not what great, great lives are about. Great lives are about giving back and and making a contribution in the world. So that's the first thing is just, it's not about you to begin with. And then, then secondly, it's, you just got to play the long game and that's so hard to do on a day-to-day basis. Um, I heard somebody say this last week, you know, it's, I've heard it before, but they said it again. It's just, you know, how you spend your days is how you spend your life, mm. you know? And so if you're spending, spending your days procrastinating or just trying to get through the day or taking an extra drink to get through the night, whatever the things are you're doing, right. Whatever you, how you spend your day is how you're spending your life. And so the question we asked for lasting contribution is, well, what, what, if today was the day, what contribution what would we say you're contributing to? What kind of life are you building? And then we begin to build a game plan for it. Yeah, amazing. You've had opportunities to coach people through these things, you know, yeah. authentic purpose, meaningful relationships, life-giving practices, and lasting contribution. And you've coached people through. And I'm always curious, you know, I'm not wanting to like sell it to your clients or, or get, you know, give too much away. But when you look back on some of the interactions, conversations, coaching relationships that you've had, like what's Mm -hmm. stuck with you? What are you seeing in people that inspires you, uh, but also makes you think, oh, like here's something we can focus on? First of all, I'm always, it never ceases to amaze me how common these things are. Mm. I have yet to sit across from somebody that these weren't the things. We all want authentic purpose. We all want our relationships to be meaningful. We want, we need life giving, like, like it just shows up again and again, like there's different kind of levels of, you know, what different people need at different times, but, but this is just true, uh, true of who we are. I think it's part of how we're wired for the world. And so there's, you know, a lot of possibility in what I get to do. Uh, I think also I love the small wins. There's usually a moment six weeks into the process with people somewhere in there where like just this light goes on and they haven't reached the, they they usually come in with a massive goal and i love helping people achieve massive goals Mo, one of my most recent wins that i that this person probably doesn't even know it was a win but it was for me is like he said he said i heard myself laugh again oh. i don't remember the last time i laughed and like for him that wasn't a big goal yeah, like yeah. There's this moment, right, where things are changing in their life because they're slowing down. There's some joy coming back into the thing. They're getting clear on who they are. Those are the moments. And, you know, those those start to add up. And then they cascade into these bigger goals of a great life. But it's those little glimmers along the way that I that I love to celebrate. That's excellent. I want to get a little personal right now. You know, when I think of your own life, yeah. um, what's an area of growth that you're excited about right now or something you're working on? Yeah. <laughs> um, I have spent the last couple of years growing a new business. So I have been kind of in the hustle mode, right? Um, at the end of last year, I had a family conversation that said, okay, I got to get out of hustle mode. <laughs> I've got to slow down. I've got to take my own advice here. Yeah. Like I'm, 
I'm building something that I love. I can spend all my days doing this. I can get, I can book more times and I just need to slow down and enjoy it. Um, my kids are at the top end of that teenage range, you know, got one more living in the house and she's a year and a half out from college. So we just agreed. Like one of my learning things right now is what does it look like to slow down with in this season of life and just enjoy what we've created. So. Yeah. Good for you. Um, Jeff, I appreciate you being here. This has been an amazing conversation. If someone wants to find out more about the great life project or connect with you, where can they do that? The two best ways to connect with me. One is on LinkedIn. You'll find me there at Jeff level. And then also my website, jefflevel.coach has all the information about the great life project. Amazing. Thanks again, Jeff. Appreciate you being here. We'll make it sure it has been my pleasure. Yeah. yeah, we'll make sure Jeff's all contact information is in the show notes below. I highly encourage you to reach out and connect with Jeff. Uh, you're doing amazing work, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today. And I will see you on the next episode of the DMD podcast.